Welcome to the Denver Waldorf School Podcast. This is our place to connect as an intentional Waldorf community, to share the stories, wisdom, and artistry of our students, our educators, and all those who make this community come alive. This is our journey together. Over the past couple of weeks, as our school's marketing director, I've been venturing to events typically called high school nights, where local high schools showcase for prospective students the best their school has to offer. So you can picture eager or shy eighth grade students and their parents walking from booth to booth to hear each school's pitch. And each night as we wrap up, I've had this overwhelming feeling of gratitude. We live in a city that is truly rich with choices for our students. But what makes Waldorf education stand out? What makes it any better than the myriad teaching philosophies you encounter in Denver or really anywhere else in the world? I'm Jen Lamboy, and I'm so glad you're tuning into this podcast. If you are just getting to know the Denver Waldorf School, we are founded on Rudolf Steiner's humanitarian curriculum. We believe education should foster what it is to be human, cultivate lifelong curiosity, and inspire a love for the world. You can learn more at denverwaldorf.org. So today I'm sitting down again with Education Director Vernon Dewey, this time to discuss our looping system where students stay with the same teacher for multiple years and how it teaches students to learn about the world through relationship. How students receive a social education, if you will, where they learn how to be in the world. Here's Vernon. So at the Denver Water School, we approach the middle grades, the grades between first and eighth grade differently than most schools, um, traditional schools that you'll find in the world. And we do that because those middle years between seven and 14 are really a time when we focus on learning about the world through relationship. And, um, and so we, in that, we have a way of developing really meaningful, deep, connected relationships between the teachers and the students. And one way we do that is through having the same teacher for multiple years. And um, for a while, we had a uh, loop of first through eighth grade, and then the eighth grade teacher would return back to first. Um, but we're now transitioning into shortening that a bit for a few different reasons. And so we're looking, we're now entering into a phase of a class teacher moving from first grade through fourth grade and then back around, and then a class teacher from fifth grade to eighth grade and then back around. And uh, so I just wanted to spend some time to talk about the value of the long-term teacher in general. Like, why is it helpful to have the same teacher for more than one year? Sure. And a large part of that comes from, again, that the, the students are learning not just about content when they're with other people. They're actually learning about other people and learning how to be in the world. And so much of education is actually a social education. And so, by being with a teacher for multiple years, they get to learn and observe about how to just be in the world and how to approach um, different problems uh, and 
uh, problem solve through those and have perseverance and growth and also have this yearning for curiosity and knowledge that you're not just focused on one content area, you're really continuing to grow and develop as a teacher in what you're learning as well. And that, that the students feed off of that as well, that there's like this partnership in learning. Um, and then part of the value too, is that the teacher can then in fourth grade, recall things or hearken back to things they had learned in a previous year. There's a really large theme in Waldorf education around planting seeds, letting it rest, and then returning to it again in a new and enlivened form. And so when you have the same teacher, when you have that continuity, you're that much more able to kind of reap the harvest that you had sown at an earlier age. That makes sense. I also think about um, reducing or relieving anxiety. Um, I think about the beginning of the school year and mm -hmm. right now we're, we're well into this school year, but I remember growing up, like we could almost hardly wait to see like, who would our teacher be? What students are gonna be in my, in my class? Um, but there's also, you know, well, there's the excitement around it, but there's also anxiety, mm -hmm. I remember. Yeah, so. right. So it's nice to be able to have this sense of, oh, I'm, you know, I'm going to go and see this teacher who I already have a relationship with. And so you don't have as much uh, of a feeling of having to start fresh every year with that relationship. You can kind of build off of what you've already established. And for the teacher, too, they can build off of what they've already learned about that student. So when I have when I prepare in the summer as a class teacher, I'm actually imagining the students I'm going to teach, right? So I'm not planning my lessons for a theoretical bunch of third graders or seventh graders. I can actually plan for a very concrete individuals who I know, oh, they tend to learn this way. These are the sorts of things that the class in general gravitates towards. Here are the areas where I really want to make sure I develop and grow. So I'm going to start with this subject. You know, the, that's the kind of process that the teacher can really have in developing their lessons um, so that you actually can start the year off right away instead of having to um, do some foundation building every year. Well, what about that makes me think about the culture of the classroom where I mean, I'm thinking about our school in particular, where the culture of the fourth grade feels very different than the first grade. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's has to do, of course, with the students, with the teacher, with their, you know, combined um, identity, mm -hmm. I guess. But can I'm just curious, how does that how does the culture shift from as you've seen the grades, the students go through the grades? Sure. I mean, every class has an, has a personality. Right. Mm -hmm. And so you could say that, well, all first graders, you know, are pretty wide eyed and bushy tailed. You know, they're um, they they uh, tend to be um, both excited and nervous, you know, about entering into first grade. They're all pretty much learning how to sit in a chair. Um, but within that, right, just as people have personalities, groups of people have personalities. Mm -hmm. 
And so one first grade is not identical to another. You might, so you might have a class that is uh, very loud and full of energy, but um, is completely voracious in the work that they want, you know, that they'll just complete a lot. And then you'll have another group that um, perhaps they're quieter. You might even, from an outside perspective, call them more well-behaved. Um, but they take their time with things. They're going to chew a little bit more. And their outer accomplishments might not be as vast because they are just a pondering group, um, you know, a little bit more inward, self-reflective. And so that's part of it, too, is that as teachers... We, as teachers, we work with both the archetype and the general developmental principles of each grade and each age. And we also work with the individual characteristics of our students. And so that's what really creates um, kind of a beautiful uh, relationship between the teachers and their students is we can prepare with our students in mind, and we can prepare with developmental stages in mind. Mm -hmm. So what is, what's the difference then between a lower grades teacher and then the upper grades or middle school mm -hmm. teacher? So um, another really um, important part of that age between seven and 14 is the role of the teacher as authority. And when we talk about authority, it's really different than what most people tend to think of. It's not authoritarian, but instead it's more an authority on a subject or on life, you might say. And I would say for the younger grades, especially, um, the teacher is very much kind of an authority of the world in a big cosmic way. Um, where the children are really still orienting themselves to what it even means to live on earth. Mm -hmm. and, um, and that the students have a sense that behind their teacher stands great wisdom. That's really what the authority we're talking about is. And as the students get older and move towards high school, right in our high school, we have our teachers are specialized in their subject. Um, they, we have, right, a chemistry uh, teacher, and we have a physics teacher, we have a math teacher, we have an English teacher. So, um, so that's sort of where we're going towards. And so then the value of having this uh, middle school loop is a kind of a bridge to that, is a bridge from the general to the specialized, mm -hmm. so that the teacher can maintain being kind of an authority on life and its processes and helping them grow in this mentoring capacity and also be an authority on the subjects that will be covered that are a bit, you know, um, to become more technical um, as you move through middle school, right? So that's where you start to have your um, more formal science classes um, where in Fifth grade, you have botany. In sixth grade, there's your first physics course, your um, geology. Seventh grade, you have physics again, plus chemistry, um, plus physiology. And then in eighth grade, you have physics again, chemistry again, meteorology. Um, 
and anatomy and physiology. And so to be able to have a little bit more um, knowledge in those areas to bridge them towards high school is helpful. That's interesting. I haven't heard, I, I mean, I know the role that middle school plays, but to hear how the loop really kind of impacts and has a bit of a different purpose um, in terms of preparing them mm -hmm. for anyway, high school. Yeah, and I think, gosh, middle school, that's a tumultuous time in anyone's life, right? And so and that's another value of having this continuity between fifth and eighth grade is that um, you already have enough tumult in your life as an adolescent. And so to have the stability of relationship with your teachers um, is really helpful to be able to work through the emotional and social difficulties that do arise during that time. What about for the parents? How does that relationship building work or look like with the parents? Because mm -hmm. I think, um, you know, those who are outside of Waldorf education might not have that experience, but right. you can talk about that. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it takes a similar form as with the students in that relationship piece where there, there's a trust built between what the um, parents can share about what's going on with the teacher, you know, you know, can be quite sensitive personal things that are really important um, to take into context when you're teaching, right? When the students show up each day, there's a whole world behind them of what maybe occurred that morning, you know, or what's occurring in that family's life, whether that's, you know, a death in the family or they're moving or a separation or, um, I mean, there's, and or things that are occurring with the child or the students um, at home or outside of the teacher's view, right? That can be really helpful to, to, as a teacher to have an idea of what your student is really arriving with in the morning. Mm -hmm. um, and that develops again, that kind of relationship and compassion of to know how to approach a student then, right? If, if you notice they're not really doing what they've been asked to do that day, there's, as a teacher who is in communication with the parents and has this rapport with the students to think and pause to say, oh, um, I wonder how much this is playing into what I'm seeing right now. Right. Well, it makes me wanna ask the question, what if there's, a challenging relationship between a student and a teacher and then the family is thinking well my student is going to be with this particular teacher or if mm -hmm. I first have mm -hmm. for the next four years but right. yeah I think that question pops up for some right well I think you know when I came to Waldorf education it felt like a two birds with one stone moment for me because um what it really is, is it's not just vocational training, it's really personal training mm -hmm. and self-development. And a, a, you know, a very kind of large, um, almost like a mantra of Waldorf teachers is um, the children learn more from who you are than what you teach. Mm -hmm. And so, 
so there's, uh, yeah, so we spend a lot of time in teacher training, but also in our meetings, um, talking about how we develop ourselves to be able to meet the child, to be able to meet the parents and what that takes in terms of inner development. Because we know through relationships, and this is just the sort of karma of relationships, some people you meet and you have this immediate sort of connection, hit it off, you know, and then others are more challenging. And we ask ourselves as teachers, well, why is that? And what is this trying to teach me, right? And that's how we view relationships as teaching moments. So what is this child that I'm, you know, have this little struggle with teaching me? And how can I work with that within myself to make them better? And I think that um, the value is to say that we're invested in transformation. We're invested in transformation for ourselves and for our students and with our parents. And we do that in relationship. Um, you know, I think uh, and so that's part of the value is I think um, we have a culture that promotes easy fixes and um, and easy escape hatches from when things get difficult. And here at the school, we work with the challenge of conflict and that as actually being part of our growth that if there were if we were free of resistance that we wouldn't be growing and so to really embrace that um, is part of the work here well and you just finished your last well yeah six loop. well for now sure <laughs> um but during the eighth grade continuation um, I was in attendance with some of the other families just so mm -hmm. I could capture. Um, but really, the story of that group of students really came through and how you introduced the evening, introduced them, what they um, really was, I don't know that there was a dry eye in there. <laughs> You included. Yeah, no. <laughs> it was sweet to see that. Yeah, I'm quite a crybaby in those moments <laughs> for sure. My students know that about me. So, um, yeah, and I think what was lovely about that too is that myself and their other class teacher, Ms. Faustina, could be there together to share in that journey. And I think that there was value in having each of us in their lives, you know, and that. Um, that continuity of having long-term teachers was so valued. And I think that also there was a, um, like she was able to impart so much of her wisdom of the students to me. And also I was able to meet them just by virtue of being just a different person. It's just of having a little bit of a freshness of eyes also in working with them, which I think can be helpful too. Mm -hmm. So that's really what we're trying to do here is long-term relationships while always trying to cultivate that freshness and in, um, in relationships as well. Mm -hmm. Well, also it felt like the students, you could see um, they had their own contribution to the evening um, as they shared stories of remember when mm -hmm. in, you know, first grade, but, you know, for other students who maybe who haven't been along the ride since first grade, it seemed um, as a spectator, it seemed as though the students were actually really prepared for their next 
yeah. step yeah. to leave the crybaby <laughs> No, <laughs> and I mean, as I, you know, um, you know, some of them, a lot, you know, some of them went somewhere else. A lot of them went on to ninth grade here. And mm-hmm. as I see them and stay connected with them, um, you're right. They all, the feedback I get is how well they're entering into their next step. Mm-hmm. And I think that is because of the relationships that they have with all of their teachers. You know, I mean, we're blessed that are their subject teachers, some of them, like Miss Wolf, teaches them grades one through eight, mm-hmm. you know, and has known them for so long. And that's another continuity that we have that's just so wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so I think that, yeah, this piece about um, relationship and the ability to continually meet them is one of the hallmarks of Waldorf education. Well, thanks, Vernon. Thank you, Jen. (laughs)